Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. This is Lonnie on this side. And I'm Jeff. Greetings again. We've been talking about truth over the last three broadcasts. I hope and trust you've been with us. If you haven't, go back, get the video, write in. We'll send it to you. It's very important. We want you to understand that you can know truth. And one of the truths that we want to go in today, the Bible truths, is this water baptism. We've been asked in the past, why do some people baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? And then why do some others baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost? Why do one take Matthew 28, 19 and say, Go ye therefore teaching, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. And the other ones take Acts and say, Lord Jesus Christ. Is there an answer or does it really matter how we're baptized? And we're going to find out from Brother Lonnie, our teacher, that it does matter how we're baptized. So Brother Lonnie, if you would instruct us, we'd appreciate it. I had, uh, based on being requested to go through this, I have made up a uh, PowerPoint presentation. And, uh, but, and for those of you that may be listening on the radio broadcast, uh, you'll hear everything that's on, on the PowerPoint presentation. And then those of you that are viewing will, will see it on the screen. So the first one says, Christian baptism is to follow repentance. Then the repentant sinner is to be immersed in water in the name of question mark, question mark, question mark. Now, many would say there's no question about that. Jesus said in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, let's just follow with my study for just a little while here and let's see what conclusions we can reach. It's true, as the next slide shows you, that most all churches today follow a literal interpretation of Matthew 28, 19, which says, as Jeff told you, Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And so we would think, well, that's good enough. That's what Jesus said. But the question comes in that on the day of Pentecost, the inauguration of the Christian church, Peter commanded the people thusly, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So now we have two conflicting things. Are we to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? And this is where it begins to get interesting. So stay with me now. So Christian baptism, is it performed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or in the name of Jesus Christ? Both commands are in the Bible. Is one right, one wrong? Or was there an understanding that the apostles had that maybe we have lacked? The act this is your next slide here. The act of baptism in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. The act of baptism in those names is unknown in Scripture and even unknown for the history of the church in the first 200 years. Listen to this now. Out of the, out of the Britannica, Encyclopedia, 11th edition, volume 3, page 365 and 366. It says the baptismal formula was changed from the name of Jesus Christ to the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost by the Catholic Church in the 2nd century. 
Next one, British, uh, Britannica Encyclopedia, volume three, page 82. Everywhere in the oldest sources, it states that baptism took place in the name of Jesus Christ. Catholic Encyclopedia on volume two, page 263, this here, rather than quoting it, it says here, the Catholics acknowledge that baptism was changed by the Catholic Church. Caney Encyclopedia of Religion, quote, the early church always baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus until the development of the Trinity doctrine in the second century. New International Encyclopedia, volume 22, page 477. The term Trinity was originated by Tertullian, a Roman Catholic church father. Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion, volume 2, page 377. Christian baptism was administered using the words in the name of Jesus, volume 2, page 378. The use of the Trinitarian formula of any sort was not suggested in the early church history. Volume 2, page 389. Baptism was always in the name of the Lord Jesus until the time of Justin Martyr when the triune formula was used. Next quote ties in with that Catholic Encyclopedia, Volume 8. Justin, Father, Justin Martyr was one of the early fathers of the Roman Catholic Church. So we see where it came from. Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion, volume two, page 377. And they're now uh, going to do a takeoff of Acts 2.38. So I'll read that to you in case you're not familiar with it. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Before I read the next part, let me just comment on this. This is the Apostle Peter's formula for receiving the Holy Ghost. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the formula. If the doctor writes a prescription and gives it to the druggist, and then the druggist alters the prescription just slightly, it won't produce the result that the doctor had in mind. So this is the very thing. This is the doctor's prescription for getting the Holy Ghost. If God wants to change the formula on his part, as we find in Scripture, he occasionally does. But if we want it, then we got to follow the prescription. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion adds this. Name was an ancient synonym for person. Payment was always made in the name of some person referring to ownership. Therefore, one being baptized in Jesus' name becomes his personal property. And when I read that, I thought about 1 Corinthians 3.23 that says, And ye are Christ's, and Christ's is God. Christ is God's. So Christ belongs to God, but we belong to Christ. And so we take his name in water baptism. So reaffirming the act of baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is unknown in Scripture. Unknown in Scripture. How can this be? This is on your slide now. Was Peter in error 
on the day of Pentecost? Are we to take the words of Jesus as more inspired than the actions and doctrine of the apostles in the book of Acts? We can look at the scripture and see what it says for itself. But first of all, let us say that if we say, well, I'll take the words of Jesus over Peter, then you don't believe in the inspiration of scripture. All of scripture is inspired. So nothing contradicts anything. We just have to gain understanding. So let's go now to our scriptures and we'll follow this now. You'll see on your screen it says, What is the foundation of Christ's church? And it takes us to Matthew 16, starting at verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Of course, that's, that's what God will always ask you. You can't say, Well, they believe, and they believe, but what do you believe? That's, it's an individual walk. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Listen to this now. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed it unto thee. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, of course we all know that means a little rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, reading the scripture carefully, the rock is not Jesus, and the rock is not Peter. The rock is revelation from the Father as to who the Christ is. Did you get that? Mm -hmm. The rock. And so now he says, and upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of who Christ is. Christ is another word for the anointed one, and, the, and he, we can trace it right back to Logos. And the Logos goes all the way back to the beginning when God created heaven and earth by His Word. That was by the Logos. So the Logos has its manifestations, and that's Christ in that age. When Moses came on the scene, he was the manifested Word for that age. When Noah came on the scene, he was the manifested Word for that age. And we find that in each case, following the manifested Word gave them salvation and deliverance. And then when they fail to follow, as in the case of Moses, then they fail to get the total redemption that they had hoped for because the redemption is a two-part word being taken out of and going into. They were to come out of Egypt and into the promised land. So there's, there's where they failed. They came out of, but they couldn't believe enough to go into. We are to come out of the world and get into Christ. And that's where many people fail. They come out of the world and get into church, but they don't get into Christ. So now upon this rock, I'll build my church. So the rock is the revelation of what Christ is doing in your day. I'll put it that way. Now watch this next verse. Jesus still speaking to Peter. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you will bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So now here's one man with the keys to the kingdom. Now, of course, the scripture tells us, tells us that the, the kingdom of God is within you. So that's the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom 
The kingdom is the Holy Ghost in you. So consequently, then Peter had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so now, so then on the day of Pentecost, by the way, that keys to the kingdom of heaven is Luke 17, 21. Neither shall they say, lo here nor lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Of course, that's the Holy Ghost. So then how did Peter use the keys? I'll just give it to you briefly and you can look at it in scripture for yourself. Peter now, here's the keys, the man with the key to the kingdom. Now watch what God does with this man. In Acts 2.38, he's speaking to a Jewish crowd and they now realize they have crucified the Christ. And they say, men and brethren, what can we do? And Peter says, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now what's he done? He just turned the keys to the kingdom to the Jewish people. He just now opened the door how they can enter the kingdom, repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And then as we jump on over to Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 16, we find another group of people are baptized, this time in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. But this is a Gentile group. Peter, who's been uh, anti-Gentiles because they're an unclean people, and God has shown him a vision, don't call unclean what I've made clean. And by vision, he goes over to speak to a group of Gentiles, and they, they receive the word that he, has, he brings to them. The Holy Ghost falls on them when they receive the word. And then they say, can we forbid water, seeing that these people have received the word, the Holy Ghost, even as we? And so they took him into water and baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now the man with the keys has opened the kingdom to the Gentiles, Jews, Gentiles. There's only one other group, and that's a mixed group called Samaritans. They're a half-half group. They're hybrid, shall we say, Jews. And then in, in, in chapter 10, verse 48, now, they're, now the Philip has been down preaching to the Samaritans, and they have been baptized in the name of the Lord, chapter 10, verse 48, but the Holy Ghost won't fall. So they call for Peter to come, because he's the man with the keys, he comes now to the group, lays his hands on them, and now they receive the Holy Ghost. So now the kingdom has been opened to Jews, Gentiles, and Samaritans. So now it's open to whosoever will, let him come. Now, if we go on a little bit further, this becomes interesting. In Acts chapter 19, verse 5, we find a people who have already been baptized in John's baptism, but, but uh, Paul informs them that this is not good enough because now the light has moved on and baptism has moved on with it. And so he tells them now, because they only knew the gospel of John and the baptism of John, so now they've moved on and then he brings the gospel story to them and they now must be re-baptized in, the, in, the, in Acts 19.5 says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, there's our scriptures in the book of Acts, the initiation, the foundation of the church for water baptism. We, we see no one was baptized in the, I'll use this word, titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So now, what is the concept here? Father is a title, Son is a title, Holy Ghost is a title, and they're all titles to the three offices in the Godhead.
Whenever we say the Godhead, we think Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the three offices in the Godhead. But when we take all three of those and put them into one tabernacle, then we find Colossians tells us that Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So now all three are in one, and the name of the one was the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go just a little bit further. The, the apostles knew that. So when they said, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, they knew that the name of all that fullness was the Lord Jesus Christ. So then now in 1 Corinthians 1.13, you'll have to listen to this one closely, or for those that are viewing, read it closely. Here's what it says. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Well, of course they weren't baptized in the name of Paul. And they weren't baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because that wasn't crucified for them. They were baptized in the name of the one that was crucified for them, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, the most common usage with this term would be Colossians 3.17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, of course, that would most certainly include water baptism. So, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Colossians 2.19, For in Him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now we go to Ephesians 3.14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So the whole family in heaven and earth, whole family, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Father, whole family, is named the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in John 1.18, it tells us, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him, not only in His actions, but He came to earth carrying His Father's name. For He said that is, is uh, not me that does the works. It's the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. So now we understand that the apostles clearly understood that when Jesus said in, the, in the, those titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that it was all wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus, thou art the Christ. So the man with the keys to the kingdom, the man with the revelation opened the doors to Jews, Gentiles, Samaritans, that includes you, that includes me. If we want the Holy Ghost, we first repent, and then we're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion in water, which I would assume most of you understand that water baptism is not uh, sprinkling, it's immersion in water. And then we have a promise from God, and God never fails. God keeps His word. He'll guide you into that truth whereby you'll find the fullness of spirit for Christ to manifest His life through you. I hope you could follow that. Jeff, have you got anything you'd like to add? Yeah. Brother Lonnie, are you a father? I am a father. Do you sign your checks, father? Never. <laughs> are you a son? I am a son. Do you sign your checks to get cash, son? Never sign it, father. Never sign it, son. Are you a preacher? I am a preacher. Do you sign your checks, preacher? Father, son, and preacher. No, I do no. not. So in other words, in order to get any money out of the bank, you've got to sign your name I to the account. 
Correct. Can't draw anything on any account without using the name. Can't sign it in titles. The president won't draw a thing. Yeah. So the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to that name, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you would suggest that if anybody's been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, that they should be rebaptized. Yeah, based on Scripture, absolutely. Because the, this is a truth that I can show you in Scripture is promised to be restored in the last days. And the Scripture also shows that in the book of Revelations, it shows us that there is an, a, time of, a period of time where the church has denied His name. And that ties in especially with the, with the age when the only name they knew God by was the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And He says, you've denied my name. And then coming on up to the later prophecies in the church, starting actually in the late 1800s, it says, for you have not denied my name. And that's when baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ excuse me, started to be restored back into the church again. We can find it even, even historically. And then it came on over into this age and finally on into the Pentecostal circles. And, and then a little group of what's now called Pentecostal oneness broke off using the name of the Lord Jesus. But they, but they uh, added a few other things in there that we feel are not scriptural. And, but still, they were heading in the right direction because they, they had a great light for their age, but God has refined it more now. And so consequently, it's seen more clearly. That's the error, by the way, of organized religion. They, they build a, this is what we believe, as they find a truth and organize around it. And then when God makes it clearer and brings it further on, the church can't move with it because that wasn't in their foundational teaching. But the same way that the children of Israel came out of Egypt and had to follow the pillar of fire all the way from Egypt into the promised land, our promised land as Gentiles is not a piece of real estate like it's promised to the Jews. Our promise is to be restored back to the faith of the fathers, to take us back to the gospel Paul preached. And that's our promise of Scripture. And in some of these tapes that you, we've said that we'd be glad to share with you or books we'll share with you, uh, we can show you the scriptures where all these promises are made and how they have already been fulfilled. Amen. So whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've been baptized in the titles, of which nobody in the Bible was ever baptized in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, then you need to be rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, the purpose of baptism is to administer baptism to repentant sinners. Amen. So first you want to repent. You want to be sure that you've repented of your sins. Maybe one of the things you need to repent of is being baptized under the false assumption of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You need to be rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins that you might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We want to follow truth. Truth and error can be side by side. And once God reveals more truth to you, follow it. It's all right. All of us are in error at one time or another in our lives. God will, but when God reveals more truth, you want to follow that truth. So none of us are infinite in our thinking. We don't know the beginning from the end. So when God presents more truth, we say, you know what? I've been in error. Now it's important for me that I've seen the truth that Brother Lonnie has brought right out of the Bible, that it's now time for me to go and find a minister who will baptize me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins that I can receive the Holy Ghost. And yes, today, in the 21st century, you can receive the Holy Ghost. Christ can come and live in you. That's not just for the apostles. Christ can come and live and dwell and fulfill His life that He's living today through your flesh. So I would admonish you 
to obey the word of God. God has given you more truth. Obey it and be baptized in his name. There is no one in the Bible ever baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Not one. So we know then that the apostles had a revelation of what Jesus meant when he says to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And if you look closely at Matthew 28, 19, it says in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say in the names, plural, like Father is a name, Son is a name, and Holy Ghost is a name. There is one name for the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And we find in Scripture that the fullness of the Godhead had a name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the fullness of the manifestation of God. Now he had, the Bible says, the Spirit without measure. And then that same Logos life, that same pillar of fire that came in, in to indwell the fullness of Jesus Christ, that same pillar of fire came back on the day of Pentecost and broke up into tongues of fire showing that we as believers have our measure of the Spirit, not fullness like Jesus had, but our measure of the Spirit. So that's the way it's been all through these Gentile age, and starting with the book of Acts, we Gentiles have a measure of the Spirit where Jesus had it in, in fullness. So God now is trying to get the divisions out from among the believers so that we can draw together again. And if you can visualize now, all those little tongues of fire drawing together, if we can just get the divisions out and draw us all back to the Word, we will have the fullness of the Godhead bodily on earth again, My. right in this age in the church of the living God. And Jeff, if you'd like to say anything to wrap it up, we're almost there. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Put an equal sign. Father, equal sign, Son, equal sign, Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus Christ. So the Father is Lord, the Son is, 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 is uh, Jesus. Jesus, and the Christ is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Lord, Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Water Baptism by Immersion in Vilnius, Lithuania. Water Baptism in Malawi, Africa by Immersion. Here with water, the, the eunuch said, What doth hinder me to be baptized? Immersion in water in the Black Sea, Crimea, Ukraine. Immersion in water in South Korea. The pattern is repeated right from the scripture. Yes, friends, that's ice. Baptizing in cold waters in Russia. Sister Julie, because you love the Lord Jesus and our desires to be identified with Him in His death and His burial and His resurrection, I baptize you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. To order a DVD of today's program entitled Water Baptism, write to this address or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. Thank you for joining us, and may the Lord Jesus Christ 